The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Popcast. And you can follow Wrestle Popcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. And you can listen to Wrestle Popcast at Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And you can follow me at WPopcast1 on Twitter and Facebook at WrestlePopcast. And I'm also sponsored by Collar Elbow. If you use the code BOYWONDER, you get 10% off all your purchases at CollarElbow.com. And my special guest tonight is the horror king, Vinny Marcellia. How's it going, Vinny? Good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Thank you so much. So, so how has the New Year? Podcast, Europe? everybody. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so how has your New Year been so far? Uh, it's been pretty good, man. Like I, uh, you know, after Final Battle and stuff, I, I had some time off. But, you know, I'm back. we're back at it this weekend um, in Atlanta and North Carolina. So I've had some uh, family time, you know, to spend with my wife and my daughter at home. Uh, so it's been... Uh, been pretty cool, you know, just to kind of finally kind of put the axe down uh, for, for a minute, you know, but I got to pick it back up for this weekend, so, uh, but it's been good, man, how about yourself? Yeah, I had a pretty good year, um, so far it's been very good, and I'm looking for 2019, I mean, there's so much going on for uh, the world of professional wrestling, especially about the whole all elite wrestling that's uh, coming. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy, man, and, uh, um, you know, working with those guys um, for a couple of years, I've done plenty of stuff with the, you know, from Cody to the Bucks, and uh, you know, even you know, SCU is a part of that now. And uh, I was able to, you know, get in the ring with with uh, all of those guys, and uh, you know, it was, it was a pleasure. And uh, you know, I'm happy for them, and you know, best of luck to everybody that's involved. It's uh, it's cool because it, uh, you know, just opens. Uh, uh, more opportunities for everybody, you know. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, wrestling wrestling is pretty wild right now. It's uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. You know, when I uh, first started, um, you know, there was, there was none of this. You know, there was no, you know, no money at all. Like at least now, people can, you know, kind of, you know, make a living at what they're doing, which is cool to see. Um, so you know, it, it's real cool, man. Exciting. Oh yeah, I'm so pumped up for it too. And I finally got to meet you um, last year in Columbus over at Survival of the Fittest, where uh, you and the Kingdom became the three-time Ring of Honor six-man tag champs. That's right. Yep. Um, I actually, uh, we defeated Cody in the box, correct? Yes, you guys did. I was sitting there yep. front row and witnessed that. Yep. So it was a, it was a real cool moment. Uh, you know. Once again, to become the three-time uh, Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champions, the only three-time, uh, you know, the first ever three-time champion. So, you know, it's really cool. You know, it was cool when it happened the first time. You know, it was kind of, you know, they introduced the six-man tag titles, and we were in a big tournament and won in that final battle at the Hammerstein. I mean, that was that was a real special moment. Uh, you know, but the third running them the third time was really cool, and you know, we couldn't have asked for you know better opponents. Uh, to go up against and take them back from, so uh, you know that yeah that was a that was a cool uh, cool little moment uh, for the kingdom. 
I think so it was as well. And lately I've been seeing a lot of red balloons following you everywhere in Ring of Honor. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, like how the balloons kind of came about. Yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, people obviously, you know, being the horror king, uh, you know, the red balloons only to resort to one thing. Everybody thinks of the movie It. Um, which is, you know, of course, where the kind of idea kind of generated from. But uh, the balloons, to me, I always think, like, for the Horror King, was kind of the evolution of um, what I became. It was like, uh, you know, the balloons are pretty much the celebration of the Horror King. So when you see the balloons, uh, you know, for me, it was like a change when it when it evolved into that. So now when you see them, it's, it's almost like, you know, you see them and I thought change is going to happen change is going to happen for you know who's ever in the ring or whoever is around so um and it's pretty exciting because i feel like you know every time that you know the audience you know either somewhere new that hasn't seen them or you know a place that has seen them numerous of times it's always a kind of like a special exciting moment for when it happens so because you never know when it's going to happen you know that's why uh that's where always checking in the ring comes from. You never, you never know, you know, when that moment is going to happen. It could happen in the main event. It could happen in, you know, the first match. You never know when. So that's, I think that's kind of like the cool thing and exciting thing about it. And I think it kind of brings something a little different. You know, everybody's got their thing in, in wrestling. So I think, uh, you know, being able to bring that part of me into professional wrestling and give people something to enjoy that's a little different, I think is, uh, you know, it's cool to me. Some people might not like it, and I know there's some people that don't like it. Um, but, you know, it's a part of me, and it's, uh, it's authentic to me, and it's genuine, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome as well. And um, tell us a little bit about the origin of the Horror King, uh, the man behind the mask, and how you came with that axe. Um, how I got the axe? Well, the axe is actually a funny story. Um, the axe actually came from TK, um, who was, well, he could probably tell you more in depth, but uh, he was, I guess he was just cutting down one of his trees. That axe that I carry is his. Um, and he, he had given it to me because uh, I guess he was cutting down a tree one day and he was, uh, and he sent me a, you know, he, when he saw me in person, he, he brought it with him and he gave it to me and he said, uh, this belongs to you, I think. And, uh, you know, and he put it in my hands and I was like, you know what, this does belong to me. And ever since it, I just kind of, you know, I've always used it. Um, you know, I haven't used it on anybody. You know, it's funny because everybody's like, you know, uh, it's not like you can actually use that thing. And uh, But the answer is, yes, I can. Maybe I just haven't decided on who. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, people use thumbtacks. They use all different kind of things. So who's to say I can't use it one day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that actually came from TK. So TK was the one that... Uh, Said that you need to you need to come out with this axe and uh, I was like and want to give it to me I was like yeah and it's kind of, kind of a natural thing and you know the, I kind of you know I've always gone through different changes in my career and different looks um, I never was able to hold on to anything um, because I was always kind of like trying different things um, uh, excuse me um, so um, like I said it was just kind of evolving over time. 
when I first went to Ring of Honor in 2016, you know, I was Vinny Marcellia, you know, I was, I was fine in the ring, you know, and, uh, you know, progressing in that, that way, but I still, I felt there was always something missing, um, as far as myself, and, uh, you know, it kind of evolved from there, and, you know, I think the, when it really started to turn is when TK got injured, um, and he was out for a while. I was kind of left to the mat. There was really no direction with us. And we, I just kind of started thinking about, okay, well, what can I do um, in the midst of kind of like waiting to see what happens and what direction we're going to go here. Then I just started playing in. At that time, I was still doing independent, <laughs> the independent circuit. And uh, I was on my way to a Northeast wrestling show that they have in Connecticut, Bethany, Connecticut. And um, I, I, I had this, like, Jason mask, and uh, I wrote my Insanity logo on it, and uh, I had my Lost Boys jacket, and I came out with it, and it just felt, you know, really cool and felt natural for me because it's stuff I like outside of wrestling. And, uh, you know, that was that, and then I was like, well, this is Jason mask. It's not really my mask, you know. This is already a established um, personality or movie character or whatever you want to say. So I need to find, you know, what would Vinny's be, you know? And it just kind of kept evolving from there, and um, it's still evolving. You know, I'm always trying to outdo myself as as much as I possibly can, and, uh, you know, it's, it's basically evolved into what you see today. That's which pretty... Is, which is very much me, you know? It's very much me. Nothing is forced. Um, you know, nothing's like... I'm not, you know, I'm not... I'm not Mr. Tuxedo, and I'm not, you know, <laughs> out there. I'm very much me. You know what I mean? Everything, my, you know, my hair is real, <laughs> my my beards are, you know, everything's real about me. It's nothing. Uh, I try to, you know, try to be as authentic as I can with, with doing it. Yeah, you um, tell me a little bit about your in-ring chemistry with Matt Tevin. You worked with him a lot, and um, did he also bring you to Ring of Honor? And um, did you? And when did you guys decided to get together and do the whole All New Kingdom, and then adding TK? Um, I've known Matt for over a decade. Um, <clears throat> Matt has always been uh, like an older brother to me, if you will. Like uh, he's only a year older, but. Uh, he was always like a, a, he, a, you know, he's always a couple steps ahead of me um, in our career. He started training before me um, at the Spike W Academy where we're out of, and then a year later I came to Spike Cat Academy, and then he went off to Ring of Honor, and then uh, we went to tryouts together. So oh, you're talking over ten years now. I've known him, and uh, you know he's always kind of trying to help me along the way, um, you know, with while doing his stuff. So. You know, it's something that uh, I appreciate very much, probably more than he actually knows. Um, but uh, we um, we we met like like I said over ten years ago. You know, and then he went off to Ring of Honor. At the time, it was like 2012. As I first got my Ring of Honor opportunity, it was a squash match against Rhino, which you can see on YouTube, or it just kills me in 30 seconds. And that was a very young uh, young Vinny. He was just you know, kind of still trying to figure things out. Um, and then I took some time away in 2015. Matt was still doing his thing with uh, <clears throat> Mike and Maria, um, and they were doing some awesome things together, and I was trying to, I was having a family and buying a house, so I was kind of out of the loop for a good year. Um, and then I got myself together, 
And then uh, 2000, 2014, I was away, 2015, came back. I went to my final tryout, and um, it kind of went from there. And, uh, you know, the kingdom in Matt Damon's image was basically his idea. And uh, then I was asked to join the kingdom, which then TK, um, he's been around for three years now. Uh, maybe a little over three years by this point, but uh, he kind of came in later, but through the same school, um, who the trainer now is Ryan Drew, who's the head trainer, who used to be the assistant trainer to Spike when we first started, and Ryan is a big help to all three of us, um, who basically was TK's main trainer at the time, and uh, we just felt like TK uh, kind of fit in with us, and he was very much like us and had a ton of potential you know, just starting off, just like we had, and uh, it kind of it kind of went from there. And you know, I wrestled TK a bunch of times before. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of like help him kind of figure it out. Like before, I went to Ring of Honor, and then he wrestled Bennett for a while. So we we're all kind of helping each other along the way, and uh, we just kind of in 2016 we were asked to be in the Kingdom. That's pretty awesome, and that's so. I think that's the best thing so far in Ring of Honor, in my opinion, as well. And you guys, um, when you guys are in a ring together, I mean, you guys have that great chemistry, that great connection, and it's it's just like watching a mini movie when you guys are and, in there. And it's so funny because we're so different. <laughs> like all three of us are so different from each other. Um, but we we like if we're in the jeep or traveling together, we're, we're very much alike at the same time. Uh, so yeah, it works. You know, for some reason it just works. And like, you know, normally with guys being so different, it really wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, I think just having that that background and just being real, like we're really friends in real life. I just think it's, it makes everything that much more easier um, to connect with each other. So yeah. Yeah, I think so too as well. Um, I saw a video of you on YouTube where you almost kicked JT Dunn's head off in the ring. Mm. Was it JT Dunn? Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah? Was it an NEW show, Northeast Wrestling? Yeah, that's what it was. I watched it. And- okay. Yeah, JT Dunn actually, um, well, I'm not going on the subject of them. I think JT Dunn is... Uh, I've never had, we've always had great chemistry, me and JT Dunn. We've had some great matches in the ring. And uh, I do remember that match. Uh, we've had a couple at NEW, um, and they've all been pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, that, that, was, um, yeah, that was probably like around, that was probably around 2016 because before I went full-time with Ring of Honor. But, uh, yeah, I, I've always loved uh, getting in the ring with JT. We've always had uh, great matches. I know it's pretty good as well. Um, you also um, toured over in uh, the UK as well. Um, what did you make of the tour, and did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, man. Uh, the, the UK was one of my favorite parts so far, uh, being with Ring of Honor. It was, I've never been there um, before that, so it was awesome. We had great – we were in the main event, I think, almost every night there, and uh, – it was just awesome being able to see, you know, that side of the world and, and see things that I've never seen before and go into, like, the American Wealth in London locations, you know. Uh, like, after one of our shows, we went back and uh, uh, James Musselwhite, who's a great photographer at professional wrestling right now, he's actually one of the best, in my opinion. His name's James uh, Musselwhite. If you look him up on, uh, on the... Uh, Twitter, you can find him there, maybe even like give him a shout out or whatever, but he's fantastic, and uh, he, he actually gave me a little tour of London, 
and uh, you know took me around all like the film sites I wanted to see and different locations I wanted to see that I never had before, like Piccadilly Circus and you know some of the subways that have been some films and. Uh, it was a great time, man. Like the UK was awesome, and like I hope I can get to go back there. It was it was such a great time, and I got to hang out with my friend Jimmy Havoc. Um, I'm great friends with Jimmy, and uh, you know he comes here and hangs out with my family when he's in the states. And it was cool to go there and hang out with him. So it was a great time, man. One of my favorite parts of uh, of last year for sure. Probably probably my favorite of all, overall. That's pretty good too. And also, what was it like working with uh, New Japan talent as well? Both guys are incredible. Um, man, like being in the ring with Tanahashi was just like, man, that dude is, he's on another level. And it's just like, uh, you know, I, I hope to be as, as good as he is someday. And uh, it, it was it's just an honor to be in a ring with, with that guy. And then, like, you know, getting in there with LIJ, like, I think there's something special with. <clears throat> The Kingdom versus Lij, and I say it on numerous podcasts. It would be really cool to go to New Japan and and maybe defend the six man titles if we still have them against Lij, or even if we don't, just going to New Japan and wrestle against Lij would be uh, pretty special. Uh, but yeah, those are those are uh, we always find those guys to be great opponents. Uh, me and TK just did. You know, me and him versus Naito and uh, Bushi not too long ago on the uh, Global Wars tour in Toronto, um, which was which was great. So yeah, it, it's it's a it's it's a great work with those guys. Oh yeah, now let's get to uh, your film you're in, The Find. Uh, tell us about Damon and uh, the whole plot of the film. Well, um, I did the filming. Uh, it was last November last year. Um, and I was there for like a couple weeks, stayed on location. It was in Connecticut in this huge mansion. The house was incredible. Um, but Damon is basically a modern day, um, he's part of the ancient Indian tribe. And, um, he's in search of this ring that, uh, to him has some sort of power connection to this tribe. And he's the current modern day, uh, member of this tribe and he's in search of this ring and he feels as though it's in this mansion because in this mansion there's a room almost like a library if you will of all these like artifacts from this tribe from back in the day and he feels that this ring could possibly be here in this mansion and during the time there's a bunch of college kids that um are on like winter break and they're all celebrating, you know, having a big party or yeah. renting it out or whatever. You know, Flip Gordon being one of them. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's having a good time and Damon's in search of the ring and obviously he comes across, you know, this this co- big college party during the search of the ring and you can kind of guess where it kind of goes from there. And uh, But it's going to be great. Um, if I was to compare it, anything I think it would probably be like a has like a kind of like a scream vibe to it um it, somewhere along the lines of that it's not really like a slasher slasher um but it has that same feel you know in scream where they have the parties and the, like the younger kids and the, you know you got you know uh or Damon's more Damon's an adult but you know you got the college kids at the parties and stuff and uh you know, and then it just kind of goes from there and it starts for the ring. He kind of, you know, these kids end up encountering Damon. And uh, I'm not going to give away too much. Yeah, don't do that. No. <laughs> I want everybody to kind of wait and, and see because I, I, I do think it's going to be 
I do think a lot of people think it's great. Some people are probably going to think it's uh, not so good, but um, I think most people, kind of as far as horror is concerned, kind of like those like indie horror films and stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to see what people think about it, negative or positive. That's pretty good as well. And you're also big into horror as well. And I know your mom introduced you into like horror films. And your two favorite films is, you know, The Lost Boys, the original Halloween. Um, what did you think about the new Halloween that came out last year? Uh, you know what? I, in uh, Ring of Honor, and um, I kind of said that I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know what? I, I did. I don't hate it. But watching it the second time, I didn't love it as much as the first. And maybe it was just because I was in theaters and it had that vibe in the theater and, you know, a little different atmosphere to it. But um, I didn't hate it. There was a couple of things that, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, uh, I wasn't a big fan of the doctor putting on the mask. I did like the doctor kind of going kind of loopy because he's trying to figure out Michael's deal or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> kind of like how people try to figure me out and they can't. And, uh <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I didn't absolutely hate it. I, I liked it. I, but but uh, there was a couple of things that I, I, I would have been okay without. I totally agree with you as well. I was thinking the same thing, and I like how they added a little homage to uh, certain scenes in the film from the original Halloween, which... Yeah, it, I thought that was great. Yeah, and the original Halloween, I agree with you, is my favorite horror film of all time, right behind Phantasm. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Phantasm's pretty it's good. Great Phantasm, great. All the all those uh, original, you know, horror films like you know, Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Those are all just classics, and they're, they'll always be awesome. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. It's a good choice. And also, um, there's a lot of you know famous stuff of horror from where you're at over in Rhode Island as well. And um, I was listening to a podcast. I don't know which one it was. You um, talked about you drove right by the uh, farmhouse where The Conjuring was based off of? Yeah, actually, um, when Jimmy Havoc was actually staying with me for a couple of days, I actually took him <laughs> to see a couple different places. Went to Salem. Uh, you've never seen Salem before, which is a really cool place. You should check it out if you ever got the opportunity to. Uh, but uh, I did uh, write in uh, Harrisville, Rhode Island, is where the original Conjuring House and all that stuff uh, supposedly took place. It's still really creepy on the road, and the house is still all intact, and it's all the it's it's all the old. And nothing's been redone on it really. It's all the same. That's been for years and years and years. Um, it's definitely got a creepy vibe. Even the area has a creepy vibe to it. But yep, that's located over here. Um, uh, what else is located over here? I don't think there's too much over in Rhode Island. But uh, that's one of the bigger ones. You know what I mean? Um, as far as like movies that have came out. Yeah, speaking of the Conjuring as well, um, I have a paranormal podcast as well, and I'll send you the episode. Um, I interviewed uh, Andrea Perrin, who was the oldest daughter who lived through that uh, farmhouse from uh, the movie, which was based off the Conjuring. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and when she told me some stuff on the podcast, which I said I'll send it to you, but um, it was like creepy, and you can tell, you know, it was hard for her to talk about it too. You can feel the emotion from her, but it was it was a creepy interview. <laughs> wow, there's some stuff close, uh, relatively close to some of the stuff in the movie. Um, she said um, the movie wasn't really 
um, what happened. Uh, yeah, and she wrote three books about it, and she's trying to push um, some film rights to get the uh, the real story the actual, out. Okay. Yeah. So right. it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting, and I was just sitting there going, "Wow!" <laughs> you know, I was yeah. I was I was intrigued as well. Um, also, some of the um, you wrestlers you worked in the ring with as well. What was it like to get in the ring with uh, the villain Marty Scrow? Um, it was interesting. You know, I think Marty's uh, a great talent. I think he offers something different as well. Um, you know, it's something that I always thought in Ring of Honor. You know, having the Hurricane and villain uh, go against each other uh, would be something. Uh, cool for Ring of Honor fans, uh, and it's something that I hope can eventually happen in the future. Uh, but you know, Marty is definitely a, um, an opponent for me uh, that I think we can get something really special out of. You know, and hopefully, you know, down the road it can happen. Uh, we had one match, and I think it, I think it was good. And uh, and I think uh, you know if we kind of continue that or continue something, uh, you know, they would only get better. And I think with you know what he what he is and with what I am, uh, it could really be uh, something special for the audience in Ring of Honor. It's just my opinion. I think so too and I think it'd be great if you guys had like a big feud going on that would be like so epic and another thing I like about you is how you crawl from under under the ring and I seen I saw a Ring of Honor video where you came from under the ring and you uh, snuck right behind and took out Dalton Castle's uh, little pretty boys oh yeah, yeah that was uh, final battle this year that just passed um, yep that's uh, you know like I said uh you know, and especially the, especially those two, those two little pipsqueaks. You know what I mean? It's, uh, those two are perfect. Uh, you know, they they, didn't, they had no idea what was happening. Uh, so you know, uh, yeah, that, that was a that was a really cool moment uh, because when the, the balloons finally came out, you know, the entire place uh, you know reacted and they knew what was happening. So uh, you know, it was really special. Yeah, it was, and I liked it as well. And speaking about, you know, how your favorite moments was in your career when you went to UK, what was your most memorable moment in your career uh, besides going over to the UK? Uh, in my entire career, I mean, like, you know, like when we won the six-man title for the first time, um, for, for me also, like, uh, growing up as a wrestling fan, I was uh, always a big Hardy Boys fan. So um, when at Northeast Wrestling it was myself versus Jeff Hardy in the main event uh, was a real special like wrestling moment for me in my uh, entire career. Um, I've had a lot of good matches with different guys. I wrestled Rey Mysterio in two matches for Northeast Wrestling in the main event, which is you know fantastic. I'd love to do that again someday. I wrestled you know Matt Hardy in main events for Northeast Wrestling. You know I, you know between like all the different variations of the Bullet Club, there's just so many you know, stuff that I've done that, you know, I kind of have to take that, you know, second to kind of, you know, step back and kind of just be like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's really cool that I was able to, to do some of these things in my career that, you know, as a young kid, uh, never thought, you know, would happen at one point, you know, but, uh, you know, things, if you kind of, you know, you know what you want to do, you know what you want to be and you kind of stick with it, you know, those things can very much happen. You know, and a lot of cool stuff has happened since that. 
that's pretty good as well. And since you're part of the kingdom, um, like eventually, do you think you will ever see yourself branching out being a singles competitor again? Uh, I would love to. I'd love to. Um, I, I just, I think that um, creatively, uh, I, I could can show more as well as a singles competitor. I think there's a lot of stuff that I still... Uh, can show the world and have to show the world at some point. Uh, so I, I think that that day absolutely will come. I think so as well. And another question I'm going to ask you, I always ask this to my guests. Um, if you can change anything about pro wrestling and also how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? Um, well, pro wrestling itself, I wouldn't change anything at the moment. Because <laughs> I think everything is kind of on a really good high note, you know what I mean? Everything's kind of working out for a lot of people, and some of the people that have been struggling, it's kind of working out for them. Because uh, I know what it's like to be in that situation of struggle. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real high note right now. And as far as, like, fans are concerned, like, you know, the only thing <clears throat> would be, like, you know, I just sometimes I, I wish some people would just kind of enjoy themselves uh Instead of always having or trying to have an answer to everything and just, you know, enjoying the show and being, you know, as fans, enjoying the show as fans, uh, you know, because wrestling's so great right now. So there's plenty of wrestling to enjoy. So if you don't like something um, and something's not what your taste, well, there's plenty of other stuff going on right now in wrestling that you can enjoy. So you don't really need to go out of your way to kind of try to bring something else down when there's there is the stuff that you like out there so you can go enjoy enjoy that there's plenty of stuff out there there's something for everybody i feel like right now that's great i think so too um will we ever see you get in the ring again with punishment martinez oh man that would be great man punishment is uh you know i'm happy for him uh he's you know he's, he's a great friend of mine i i we always got along, me and Punishment, you know, and probably because we have the same uh, interest in, you know, metal music and horror movies and, you know, whatnot, but uh, I would love to eventually have a one-on-one match against Punisher Martinez, wherever it may be, um, but, you know, you know, best of luck, all the luck to him, he's a hard-working, uh, he's a very hard-working guy, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. Oh, me too. He's he's great in the ring as well. And, and, he's fantastic. Yes. And speaking of how you like metal music, what was your first metal album that you bought? Oh, man. Well, see, like, I've always been a fan of, like, uh, well, you know, I like Rave, and, you know, I like, uh, yeah. I've been a big fan of, like, uh, Marilyn Manson. I've always been a big big fan of his, and, uh, you know, Rob Zombie, uh, of course. Um, with Between him and his directing and his music all in one is kind of really cool to me. And, uh, you know, I like a ton of stuff, man, as far as music. And I don't like just metal either. I like a bunch of different stuff. And what was your first concert you ever went to? Oh, man. My first concert I ever went to was the Marilyn Manson concert. And and he was fantastic. I actually just went to a Twins of Evil tour with Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson with my wife. And it was incredible that those guys can still go the way, you know, being, you know, you know, they're older now, so um, to, to still see them put on a great show and kind of all that energy that they always once had is just, uh, it's pretty incredible to watch. 
I think so as well, too. Um, I've seen them in concert, and they always put on like a one hell of a show as well. Um, another match I would love to see you in, um, if uh, Ring of Honor ever uh, does it, but people will laugh at me and think it's stupid. I would like to see you get in a ring with David Arquette. Oh, okay, okay. You're on the the scream kick right now. Um, Yeah, that would be cool. I I think it would be great, to be honest with you, because I think the dynamics are different, and I think it would be something different, and and I feel there's somewhat of a good story there that we could work with. So, uh, you know, I would love to wrestle David Arquette. I think it'd be wild. I think a lot of people would pay the challenges out there, David Arquette. (laughs) I know, right? I should post that on Twitter and say, Vinny wants you in the ring and see what he says unless he answers me back. Do it. Exactly. I'm going to after we get off this interview and see if he'll like reach back to me as well. Um, Also, where can um, everybody find you on social media if they don't, if they want to know what you're going to be doing next and stuff as well? Uh, you could follow me on Twitter, which is at the Horror King VM. You could follow me on Instagram, which is the Horror King Official, and Facebook, which is at uh, the Vinny Marcellia Official. Which I need to make that all the same. I, don't know, I have three different ones; I just never changed it. But uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, t-shirts. Uh, I got Pro Wrestling Tees, the Horror King, uh, and I got my bestsellers right now on RingOfHonorShop dot com. All right, and Vinny, thank you so much. For uh, taking your time, because I know you have a busy schedule to come here on the show tonight. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening. Good night. This is the bad boy, New Japan Pro Wrestling Tama Tonga, and you're listening to that old ass podcast. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Popcast. You can follow Wrestle Popcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. You can listen to my episodes, Wrestle Popcast, on Spreaker.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and you can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1 and also at Facebook at Wrestle Popcast. And I am part of Colorado. Um, if you use the code Boy Wonder, you get 10% off all your purchases over at Collar Elbow. And my special guest tonight is the Heavy Metal Viking Hooks. How's it going? I'm hanging in there. I just want to apologize to you and everybody listening. I've been fighting cold for a couple days, so I sound rough, but we're going to power through this anyway. Hey, that's typical Ohio weather for you, though. (laughs) You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. So, um, how's your New Year been so far? Not so far so good. It's been pretty early, and... I can't complain yet, but there's a whole lot of year to go, so we'll see. All right, that's pretty good. Um, let's t- um, start from all the way back to the beginning. Um, you were a pro wrestling fan growing up, right? Oh, my entire life. I can't remember ever not watching wrestling, to tell you the truth. That's pretty good as well. Um, let's talk about um, HWA. Um, when you first uh, started going to HWA shows, you were like a fan, and you went to all their uh, events as well until you finally... Um, got to be part of it. Can you tell my audience how you became part of HWA Wrestling? Yeah, I was a diehard fan from the minute I moved over here to Ohio. I grew up in Indiana, and I moved to the Cincinnati area um, and started going to HWA shows. And 
with the show so much that I started getting to know the guys, uh, especially Cody Hawk and Jackson Breeze. Both of them were always real friendly to me and real welcoming to me. And then uh, I had a background in broadcasting, and I knew they were looking for a, uh, a commentator for their TV show. And so I auditioned, and then uh, eventually Cody Hawk called me into his office and said they were going to give me a shot, like, doing it live. And so I did it uh, for an episode of their TV, and afterwards he said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're our new commentator, and the rest is history. That was in 2004. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happened since then, but that's, that's how I got started, thanks to Cody Hawk. Yeah, that was pretty good, and you were uh, the best they ever had as well. Well, I don't want to brag, but you're probably right. <laughs> And then um, from being a commentator, what decided you to uh, train to become a pro wrestler? Well, there was a transition time as a manager. Uh, my good friend, my brother Donnie Red, at the time was in a tag team with uh, another friend of mine, uh, Brutal Bellman. They were in a tag team called Brutally Handsome. And uh, Donnie Red said to me one day, he said, as good as you can talk, why has nobody ever used you as a manager? And I said, you know, that's a good question. So I became the manager for Brutally Handsome and then Slowly as a manager, I started getting put into six-man tag matches with them, and I thought, my God, why have I been waiting all this time? And I decided then it was time to buckle down and become a pro wrestler. And you were also trained by Cody Hawk as well. So uh, do you remember your first match ever, and how were you feeling? Honestly, my first match, my first singles match ever was against a guy, and I know some listeners will remember him, um, Benjamin Chimera. And I was blown up, out of shape, had no business being in the ring, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have said things about Ben Chimera, good and bad over the years, and I've, I've been the same way, but I can honestly say that it was, um, thanks to him, easier than it probably would have been with anyone else. He really, um, yeah, he, we, he was very cooperative with me. He was very helpful, and uh, that was my first ever singles match, and um, from then on, I haven't looked back. That's pretty good because when you were with Heartland, you uh, you were around with a lot of uh, big stars that went off to Impact and uh, WWE. For sure, and I was really lucky to come up in a time, uh, probably spoiled really, where there was a lot of guys around who were very talented, very knowledgeable about the business, and not only that, but they were very generous with their time and generous with their knowledge, um, both wrestlers, managers, referees, everybody. It was a great locker room, and it was a great environment where everybody was looking to help each other out. And that's, I got spoiled coming into the business through the best path possible like that. Yeah, that's pretty good as well. Um, and then uh, not too long ago, um, you uh, came back and wrestled for the HWA uh, uh, reunion shows as well. Um, I remember the first reunion show they did. You were uh, at Bogart's, and you were in a hardcore bloody match, and it got very bloody. And and the people at Bogart's that was running the show did not like that as well. <laughs> yeah, I was not the most popular guy in the building that night. With the staff, anyway. The fans loved the match, and really that's what I cared about. Um, they had some problems with it, but as I said, the fans loved it. And Cody Hawk, as he always has, had my back that night as well. So it was a good show. The fans were entertained. I uh, had a great opponent in uh, Trice, and so I call that a win. You sure did as well. So how did you come up with the heavy metal Viking hooks? How did he uh, became in the ring? Well, you know, the name, I mean, I'd, I'd always been hooks as an announcer. It's a nickname that started before I was even in the wrestling business. But when I started managing Brutally Handsome, I showed up to the show dressed how I was going to dress. And Donnie Red, who I mentioned before, looked at me and said, man, that's ridiculous. You look like some sort of heavy metal Viking. Just something he said off the top of his head. 
and it just clicked and it became I just couldn't get it out of my head and I'm like well that's that's my name now and um, I don't know the character just kind of evolved to where uh, I had a shot one night at the LSC Hardcore Championship and I lost that night but something about that night changed me in the direction I went I just kind of became known as the hardcore guy which I'm happy with I enjoy doing it but uh, that's kind of how Hooks took that direction that's pretty good because um, I've seen you in a lot of ma- hardcore matches and you love getting bloody. I mean, you, I, I see blood dripping off your face like a waterfall, just like wa- uh, watching Ric Flair back in the day when his face was. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, when I was a little kid, I loved the bloodbaths. Like, I loved watching Ric Flair. I loved watching uh, Dick the Bruiser. I loved watching uh, Dusty Rhodes. All these guys that were just, just tough and just fighting and, and blood spurting and, and I just loved that when I was a kid it excited me so much so to get to do that as an adult in my wrestling career is pretty exciting for me oh that's pretty um, good as well um, also uh, you also wrestled over at CWAI for a while too I mean there's no more CWAI too um, what was it like wrestling uh, f- over at RJ Smith's promotion I mean I had a great time at CWAI uh RJ always treated me well, and, and Cody Hawk, being the trainer and the booker there, treated me great as well. Uh, we did a lot of things to help the local community, so, you know, things came to an end, as, as they always do, like, nothing lasts forever, um, and, you know, there's some things that could have been handled differently, but overall, I'm not gonna, I got nothing bad to say about CWAI, it was a, it was a fun time, and it was a great locker room, and a great group of people, and I'm really grateful for the experience. Yeah, it's it was a pretty good um, locker room as well, and I mean, I enjoyed watching the matches. It was just fun and great, and there was like a talented roster, like you said. I mean, I have no complaints as well. Um, let's talk about Battle on the Border, um, how you became part of that, and you've had a lot of great matches there as well, um, especially at um, Battle on the Border 9. You were in a uh, steel cage hardcore match with a former quitter i'm not going to mention any i'm not going to mention any names you know who ran off of the title um i thought that was just a kick-ass match tell us a little bit about that well yeah i got started with battle on the border um i wasn't at the first show me and denim blevins had uh, trouble getting hold of each other and by the time we did communicate he already had the show booked up and he went ahead and booked me on their second show ever and i've been with him ever since and uh, i love that company Denim is a, a great promoter. He's a very generous promoter. Um, he treats the boys well. Uh, and I'll keep working for Denim as long as uh, he sets them up shows and runs them. Um, and I've had a lot of great matches there. Some of the best matches I've ever had have been at Battle on the Border, including that one you're talking about, that hardcore cage match. Um, it just goes to show, you know, win or lose, if you entertain the fans, they're going to remember it. And uh, unfortunately... As you said, the guy I was wrestling that night turned out to be less than respectable. But for the what it was that night, I mean, I had a, a really fun time with that match, and I'm pretty proud of it. Oh, I liked it. It was good and bloody. There was like thumbtacks. I mean, and you brought your famous bag of, uh, you know, goodies as well. And um, especially that uh, Bob Wire uh, weapon you have. Oh, yeah, my 2 by 4 yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, um, do you have a name for that? You know, surprisingly, I don't. Uh, you'd think, it, I, I've always got it with me. You'd think I'd have a name for it by now. Maybe the fans can send me some suggestions. 
Hey, that'd be pretty cool because um, I was going to ask you that if you had a name for it because I know you carry that two by four with you. Oh, uh, don't leave home without it. You know, when you got something that important, you don't leave home without it. And it's, it's my trusty weapon. Uh, no matter where I go, you see it. And it's in one of my eight by tens that I sell. It's on one of my t-shirts. I, I, I've had that thing for a long time. I know, but um, we want to have to definitely have to come up with a name for that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Since Negan has Lucille, so we'll have to think of something cleverer than Lucille. <laughs> yeah, Negan ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> oh, you can tear up Negan easily. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll bash his head in. <laughs> All right, let's talk about um, uh, this past December last year. Um, there was like two Battle on the Border shows, Miracle at Main Street and, you know, uh, Christmas Chaos the next evening. And you were also in another steel cage match for the vacated Battle on the Border Heavyweight Championship. And you went up against uh, the Bullet Club's uh, Chase Stevens. No, Chase Owens. Chase Owens. Owens. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I keep on saying Stevens for some reason. It's Owens. And I know Chase will probably listen to this. He'll be like, Rob, don't you be doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about that match. Um, I had uh, a great time wrestling Chase Owens. Um, I, before that, he and I had never been in the ring together. Um, and I think other than hello and goodbye, we'd really never spoken to each other. Um so I really didn't know what to expect going into a match with him, but I would honestly call that one of the best matches of my career and also one of the easiest. He was just, he was great to work with. He was great to step into the ring with. I have nothing but respect for that guy. Um, and I think the fans uh, walked away from that match really satisfied too. Because um, that's all that matters at the end of the day is if the fans walk away from the match happy, then I'm happy. And I think that was, a match that got over pretty well with the fans. So uh, I would step into the ring with Chase Owens anytime again because that match was just an absolute blast. Oh, it was. And then you also had to deal with Angelina Love, that which was outside of the cage as well. What was that like dealing with her? Well, you know, I, it's always nice to have Angelina around. I don't know about the hairspray in my eyes, but uh, uh, that's another thing for another time. But it was it's always good to have Angelina around, even though she uh, didn't exactly do me any favors that night. She sure did. And then right after the match, your own flesh and blood, Man Wolf turned on you and started giving you a beating. What was up with that? Yeah, my cousin, William Wolf. In fact, I'm not even going to give him the, the, uh, the dignity of calling him William Wolf. I'm just going to call him my cousin Will because that's who he is. That's all he's going to be. <laughs> um, he's wanted to be in the business for a long time, and he got started in the business. And I was proud of him. Uh, we had a rocky start where he was a little... I don't want to say jealous, but that's what he was. And uh, I thought we'd patch things up, but now William Wolf has decided, I'm sorry, little cousin Will has decided he wants to try and show he's the bigger man. And coming up on February 23rd, we're going to have a match of battle on the border, and I get to pick the stipulations. And I'm not going to tell him or anybody else what the stipulations are until the day we sign the contract, which I believe is going to be next weekend. Yes, it is. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've been waiting for that match. Um, did you ever figure out why your little cousin Will decided to turn on you? Was he, like, jealous of you or something? Yeah, of course he was. He's a punk. Uh, he wanted everything, self-gratification, everything now, everything immediately, instant gratification. He's going to have to learn. You have to work and be patient in this business. And if I get a beat that lesson into him, then I will. 
All right. Another thing I liked in your career as well, this is over back in CWAI where you got your hands on that little weasel, Ricky Glam. Tell my audience what happened between <laughs> you, Ricky Glam. You know, Ricky, uh, as annoying as he is, I find him highly entertaining. Um, only it wasn't as entertaining when it's directed towards me. And so somebody's eventually got to put that guy in his place. I decided the time was right, and I did. I not only put him in his place, but I smashed up his precious guitar. Which <laughs> felt good. That felt really good. I bet it did, and he was like crying like a little girl. <laughs> he was. I mean, you know, uh, bless his heart. I couldn't. I had to take a little mercy on him and not completely murder him, but I decided to take out his guitar. Uh, that was pretty awesome as well. And speaking of Cody Hawk, you worked with Cody Hawk for many years as well. Um, you also had to deal with him in the five most wanted as well. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting issue with Cody. Uh, Cody and I are not always on the same side of the ring. Uh, Cody and I are always not on the same side with the fans. But I will always have respect for Cody Hawk and always be appreciative. But sometimes, you know, as friends and brothers do, we got to fight. And uh, it's never easy to go in the ring against Cody Hawk. It's never a night off. It's always knowing that I'm in there with one of the absolute best. Same with Sean Casey. Uh, I wrestled Sean Casey several times, too. And, again, one of the best around uh, a veteran uh, who's been everywhere and done everything. So there's a reason why they've been everywhere and done everything. It's because they're good and they deserve to be there. But, uh, you know, I go in there and stand toe-to-toe with anyone from the five most wanted any day of the week. Oh, I know, especially uh, uh, the stubborn angel Shauna Reed. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting for my singles match with Shauna Reed. I need some promoter somewhere to book this. You know something? I'm going to talk to Denim Blevins. I know him pretty well. I want to see you get your hands on Shauna Reed, man, to show who I've, the I've real wrestler is. Yeah, I've been able to to get my hands on her in a tag team match, but uh, I want to get in there one-on-one with Shauna Reed. It hasn't happened yet, but it needs to happen. Oh, I would so pay for that and sit in front row to see that. <laughs> and then she, uh, I know she'll end up listening to this. And you know how, me, you know how me and Shauna have that love hate relationship. <laughs> well, I think there's, I think there's more hate than love, but uh, I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know what it's talking about. She's all, she always rides me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? Um, um let's talk about uh, Legends of the Square Circle. Um. How'd you become part of that promotion? Uh, that was also because of uh, Brutally Handsome. They were regulars there, and I made my debut as a manager there with them. And uh, that's also where I made my debut as a hardcore wrestler. And so throughout the years, oh God, I've wrestled so many different people for so many different times at that place. And I was their hardcore champion for two and a half years, uh, their longest reigning hardcore champion ever. And so, I, again, I have nothing but great things to say about uh, LSC. I don't know when this interview people will hear it. I got a show coming up with LSC this weekend on January 19th. I don't know when this will air. Uh, well, so. well, it will air after this is over. I'll, um, um, okay, cool. And then I'll send you uh, the link as well and you can share it as well. Um, tell tell me what's going to happen up to the next LSC show. I believe it's going to be myself and security guard Brad, who I pulled out of uh out of working as a security guard recently into a match with me. I'm going to take him under my wing. It's going to be he and I taking on uh, Jake Shepard and Kyle Casanova, two guys I'm not too fond of, especially Jake Shepard. Uh, I've got uh, a lot of scores to settle with Jake Shepard, so 
hopefully I get my hands on him real good during that match. But he's kind of a coward, so he'll probably run from me. Yeah, um, you got to be careful with him because he's like a marquee player. You know he has this little weasel. You know who I'm talking about that slithers right behind him, too. Oh, I've had my hands on him before, too, and it's not the last time. Uh, the wingman. I'll get my hands on him. Don't you worry. <laughs> the wingman. That, that's funny how Jake calls him the wingman. It cracks me up. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well, too. So, um, yeah, the marquee players is a thorn to everybody's side. You have to agree with me on that. Well, yeah, and, and when it comes to the marquee players and uh, and back to battle on the border, you know, I've got some family business to take care of, but I'm eventually going to focus my sights on that title again. And, and I know Brandon Xavier's holding that title right now. You know, by the time I get a chance to get back around to it, who knows if he'll still be champion, but if he is, then I've got my eyes on Brandon Xavier as well. So you're saying you are eyeing on Brandon Xavier after you deal with your little cousin? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you don't compete anywhere without wanting to be the best. And to be the best, you need to hold that heavyweight championship. And um, I've never been in the ring with Brandon Xavier. But, uh, you know, I want my chance at that belt, and whether he's got it or, or no matter who's got it. So definitely, Brandon Xavier is a guy that's in my sights. Yeah, that's pretty good as well, and I hope it happens for you. I hope you end up in the future becoming the next Battle on the Border champion. I think you will. I think you'll defend that belt really good. Absolutely. Um, so, what was the most bloodiest, hardcore, what the fuck <sighs> match you ever been into? Well, there's been uh, been a handful. It's hard to it's hard to narrow it down to one. I did a show up in. Uh, uh, in Lima for war it was a six man fans bring the weapons street fight um, myself and Roots versus Tom Williams and Sherman Tank and, and uh, Chris Hall and that's about as brutalized as I've ever been in fact I've got a brand new t-shirt out that has a picture on the front from that match um, that was just that was vicious and brutal I, I uh Hands off, hats off to all those guys, some of the toughest people I've ever been in the ring with. Then I've had some pretty vicious stuff in LSC. I uh, had a steel cage match with Big T where I got power bombed through a table covered light tube. That was pretty vicious. And uh, again, I'm not going to say his name, but a recent heavyweight title cage match I had against a guy who skipped town. Uh, that match was pretty vicious as well. I was, uh, I was pretty bloody after that match was over. But, you know, when you've done this as much as I have, they all kind of start to blend together. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's talk about a good friend of yours. You have wrestled, uh, you know, a lot of times in the ring as well. And um, you were in the, um, her last match over at Battle on the Border before she's going to get re- to ready to uh, retire because she's going to retire at the War Hall of Fame show. Um, tell me about your friendship and your chemistry in the ring with uh, hardcore Heather Owens. I've known Heather since we both started this business, um, and we've been friends from the day we met. Um, and that's inside the ring and out. So when I found out she was going to be hanging up the tights, first thing I did was shoot her a text and said, Heather, we've got to do this one more time before you retire. Now, you know how wrestling retirements are. Yeah. At some point, she's probably going to get in the ring again. But I, I firmly believe that That'll be the last time Heather and I ever have a singles match against each other. Mostly because I don't think we could ever top it. The one we had at Battle on the Border, easily one of my favorite matches of all time. And uh, she's just such a great person. And she's 
hardest working person I've ever known in the wrestling business. I mean, being a woman coming up in this business is harder because people make it harder on you. And she worked 10 times as hard as any man I knew coming up in this business. And it shows. I mean, she's been everywhere. She's done everything. And part of me hates to see her retire. But then also I realize, you know, if anybody deserves the break, it's her. So I'm just really honored that I got to be in her last match in Battle on the Border and what I believe was her second last match ever. That whole weekend was uh, fantastic for me. Um, I wrestled Chase Owens that Friday night, Heather that Saturday, and both of those matches were what I consider two of the best matches of my career. Uh, my best friend Sam was up from Chattanooga in the crowd for both shows, and so I was glad I could have two of my best matches ever in front of her. Um, but yeah, uh, Heather is just a special kind of person. Anybody that's friends with her knows that. And so my friendship with her will continue long after wrestling's over. Um, she's just moving on to another chapter in her life, and I couldn't be happier for her. Yeah, it's pretty good, too. And she's with a great man by the name of Ed Gonzalez. <laughs> boy, boy, Ed's another one. Uh, we fought each other in the ring, but I sure do love that guy. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> guy. That guy can drink, too. <laughs> well, he's got a few talents, and that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Since you've been wrestling, you know, for like many years as well, um, have you ever thought about um, ever like venturing out and um, trying to other places as well? I used to do that more than I do now. Um, at the age I am, I feel like my main goal right now is to have fun. I'm not ever going to make a living at this. It's mm-hmm. never going to be my primary job. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to make it to WWE. And... So right now, my primary goal is to to have fun and have a balance between wrestling and life. And the companies I work for now, with the the distance they are away and and the schedule I keep, is really perfect for balancing out the rest of my life. Um, Because when you get so hardcore into this business and get so focused on it, you miss out on a lot of things like birthdays and, you know, uh, just time with people and and things you want to go to. And that's great. And for young people coming up in this business, I highly encourage that. Like, if you want to make it somewhere in this business, you have to dedicate yourself to it. But I'm not looking to make a a living as a wrestler because I know it's not going to happen. So I like the balance that I've got. Now, occasionally, I'll reach out and, um, you know, try to work somewhere else just for for fun or whatever. Like, I've actually reached out to uh, Heroes and Legends. I'm going to try and talk to them about going and wrestling for them maybe once or twice. But as far as on the regular, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing with, with the companies I'm working for right now. That's pretty good as well. Um, let's talk about Future Great Wrestling, um, another great promotion that was going to uh, start over in Hamilton, Ohio, you know, on Fridays and stuff, you know, which is run by, you know, our good friend Brian. And a certain community in Hamilton, Ohio was protesting about it, which prevented them to have wrestling. So on the 16th this week, they're going to go to another meeting down at Hamilton, Ohio to see if future great wrestling will have a future in Hamilton. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I got to say the work that Brian and Cody Hawk have put into this to try and get this squared away for us. I mean, these guys have really put it out there for us to try and get this great promotion started. And I couldn't be more grateful. Uh, you know, Brian has a vision about running this wrestling company and his heart's 100% in the right place. And for some reason, the city of Hamilton is fighting. Um, it's a great, talented roster, ready to go. 
put on, you know, family-friendly shows and give the people of Hamilton something to do on Friday nights. Not that there's nothing to do, but it's just another alternative. And there's a group of people, and I'm not going to badmouth those people. Uh, there's a group of people in Hamilton that I just don't think quite understand pro wrestling or what it's about. And so it's just up to us and it's up to the community to convince them otherwise and show them what we're about and show them that we're just there to entertain and have fun uh, in the most respectful way we can. So I have faith that this is going to happen and that every Friday night you're going to be able to see uh, great wrestling action in Hamilton, the future great wrestling. Um, because with all the work that's been put into it, it would be a shame for something not to happen. And so I just try and think positive and I think... I think there's enough people on our side that we're going to be able to prove ourselves and prove that we're a worthy entertainment company to be, to be present in Hamilton. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Um, I'm going to be there as well. Are you going to be there too? I'm hoping I can make it. Uh, I, I don't know that time-wise I'm going to be able to get up because I live down in northern Kentucky now. Yeah. And I don't know with my schedule time-wise I'm going to be able to make it up to the meeting, but I'm going to try my best too. That's pretty good. I hope it happens. Uh, Brian... Uh, Cody Hawk, um, the people in Hamilton that are supporting this, and all the you know wrestlers of FGW. Um, I hope this uh, comes to a reality. Well, I do too, and and, and I want to say to any fans that might contact the city of Hamilton, um, do it in a respectful way, because what we're trying to convince these people and show them is that we are a respectable group of people, and that wrestling fans are a respectable group of people. So contacting these people angry and cussing and yelling is not going to accomplish anything. Contact them, let them know in a very civil way, hey, we want wrestling, it's entertainment, it's good for everybody. That's pretty good too. And um, outside of the ring where you're not wrestling or in hardcore matches, you're a big horror fan as well. You go to tons of horror conventions. What got you into the love of horror and what was your favorite horror film of all time? Oh, my favorite of all time. See, I'm not a guy that can come up with one, so I'll name a handful. Um, Okay. The first Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the first Hellraiser, um, Nightbreed is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, I got started, I loved horror from the time I was a little kid. I believe the first horror movie I've ever saw, and it might have been a TV movie, but it was called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Okay. I was really young when that came out. If you, and if any of you all have never seen that, try and hunt it down somewhere. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And then the, the big mainstream one, the first mainstream one I can remember watching is the first night around Elm Street, but there's just something about horror and being scared and and the dark and the scary that it's always appealed to me. Uh, and so, yeah, I, last several years I've gone to a lot of horror conventions and um, you see my house, there's lots of horror stuff up in that. And, you know, through horror, I've made a lot of good friends and through those conventions I've made a lot of good friends and, well, it's through those conventions that I met my best friend Sam. So without without horror movies, I wouldn't have my best friend, so that's uh, a weird connection I just made. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Ha- meeting a friend like that it has a twisted mind of horror, just like you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she probably does. She probably th- thinks crazier than you. <laughs> uh, she, she's a sweetheart. I'm not sure what she sees in my friendship, but she's <laughs> I'm grateful to have her. That's pretty good. So of all the horror conventions you've been to, what was the uh, most favorite horror uh, famous guest you ever met and um, that you really marked out at? Well, I'm going to say my top three because, again, I'm not a guy I'm not a guy that can narrow down to one <laughs> and for different reasons. One, of course, he's not 
he's on the fringe of horror movies, but Alice Cooper, you know, legendary uh, musician, meeting him was, I was almost speechless because he's Alice Cooper. Um, and then probably my next one would be when I met Robert England. Because, I mean, when you get to meet Freddy Krueger, I mean, how much better is it than that? And then my third one would probably be Danielle Harris because I have a huge, huge crush on her. So <laughs> meeting her has always been awesome and she's always been super sweet. But I've met more people than I can even remember. But those are the three that really stand out in my head. So um, when you, uh, you know, uh, about Danielle Harris, did you ever go up to her and be like, hey, you want to get a drink afterwards? <laughs> oh, no, God, no. I mean, that's, <laughs> Danielle Harris is a, is a married woman. And uh, I think one of the reasons she's always been so friendly because uh, my buddy Dave is actually pretty friendly with her. And so every time we see her at a show, we go talk to her. And she's very welcoming and friendly and remembers us. And I think that's one of the reasons she is so friendly to us is because we're not a couple of creepers. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> of of uh, uh, pro wrestlers, who was your favorite pro wrestler that you've met of all time? I mean, I, it, it has to be Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair is... Always one of my favorites anyway. And to get to have met him more than once and to have him be just everything I wanted him to be. Like, the guy is Ric Flair. And so that's... Um, the first time I met him was a moment I'll never forget. And then luckily, since then, I've had a couple other opportunities to meet him. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Nature Boy. So what was it like when you first met the Nature Boy for the very first time? <sighs> Funny story surrounding that, uh... <laughs> Uh, I was standing in line to meet him, uh-huh. and oddly enough, in front of me was, I don't know if you're, you've got to be familiar with Madman Pondo. Yes, I am. I've had him on the show. So the weekend before that, I had wrestled Madman Pondo, and as as you can expect, a match with me and Pondo was just a bloodbath. And so oddly enough, I'm standing there waiting to meet Ric Flair, Pondo's ahead of me, Pondo moves on after he's done, I go up and I talk to Rick, and Rick looks at the scar on my head and he says what happened there I said well you see that guy over there and I pointed to Pondo and he said yeah I had a match with him last weekend and Rick looked at my head and goes we're going to have to work on your technique brother and I'm like well that's just the best thing that's ever going to happen to me is Ric Flair looking at the scars on my head and talking about them that's pretty awesome and that yeah. match that match with Madman Pondo how bloody did that get uh, pretty bloody and I, I walked away from that match uh, with a concussion as well but um, also one of the most fun matches I've ever had one of my favorites because I always watched Pondo back when I was a fan so yeah. to finally get to step in the ring with him was great and you know since I got into the business Pondo's become a friend and I think the world of the guy so it was it was a bloodbath and it was it was uh, it was rough but it sure was fun I bet it was, and I wish I got a chance to uh, see that match. That would have been great. I've seen a lot of Pondo matches too, um, which are you know pretty good and bloody and all that. And I'm um, also in the future. I can see you going into a hardcore, um, you know, uh, match involving tubes and skewers and window glass and all that. I'm waiting for you to do a match like that. Um, I mean, money talks, so we'll see what happens. Hey, I would pay to see that. <laughs> There's a promoter out there that's got enough green. We'll talk about it. Exactly. All right, another question I always ask my guests as well. Um, if you can change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? That's a fine line. Uh, I love the fans. That the fans are so passionate 
and that they look so much into it and research so much about it because you can't stop that once it started. I mean, people have learned behind the scenes stuff, whatever. I wish a lot of wrestling fans would take more time to just sit back and enjoy it rather than overanalyze it. Um, it's like going to a movie. You go watch a movie, you don't try and think about every technical aspect of it, or you shouldn't. You should sit back, let the story take you over, and enjoy it. And I wish more fans would sit back and just be entertained rather than try and overanalyze it or know as much quote-unquote inside information as they can. Uh, we're here to entertain you and just pay your money and be entertained and enjoy it for what it is. That's, that's the one change I wish I could make. But I don't begrudge fans for wanting to know what they can. I was that fan at one time, too. Um, and it was once I got into the business that I realized that being that kind of fan might have hurt my enjoyment of wrestling at times. Um, but like I said, once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't really put it back in. <laughs> that's pretty true as well. Um, have you had any regrets in your career? Uh, just because you know if you can go out if you go out there and have an absolutely terrible match you can still learn something from that and so whether a match is good or whether it's bad uh, I always try to learn something from it and no matter how long I'm in this business I always try to ask someone who's been in the business longer than me as many questions as I can so I'm not going to say I've always made necessarily the right decisions but I feel like every path I've taken in wrestling, I've learned something from. So I don't have any regrets about anything. That's pretty good as well. So wherever, where can everybody find uh, the Heavy Metal Viking Hooks on social media so they know what you're going to be doing next? Well, I don't have Twitter. Um, I don't have a, an Instagram for wrestling. I have a personal one. But I do have a Facebook page. You can just find it under Hooks on uh, Facebook. And I don't update it enough. But maybe since we're talking about it in public now then I'll put pressure on myself to update it more often and then guys like you and uh, all the promoters I work for do a great job of getting all the information out there about shows and, and I'm very grateful about that too yeah it's pretty good as well who knows maybe in the future Hooks will try Twitter <laughs> I don't know about that if I haven't jumped on that bandwagon by now I'm not sure I'm going to <laughs> alright uh, thank you so much for uh um, taking your time out of your busy schedule to come on the show I appreciate tonight. it oh anytime and everybody else uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast good night alright thanks Rob yep